0: All right, so hey everybody, it's Brian with HarvestChurchEugene.com or Harvest Community Church here in Eugene, Oregon. We're so glad that you're spending today uh, worshiping with us. Thank you that you're watching and thank you that you're, more importantly, participating in what we do in worship this morning. It's been so good to um, process what the Lord is doing in our lives. It's been so good to sing to the Lord and reflect glory and honor back to Him. And so as we continue our worship today, before we jump into our message and uh, our series Stronger that we've been in for some time now, uh, before we do that, we want to just ask you to do a couple of things. Will you go online and say hello? If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube and you're watching live, uh, you can say hello in the comments. Um, if you're... Um watching for the first time and you're thinking you want to connect with us a little bit, man, we'd love to have you say hello in the comments section and let us know. At the same time, uh, whether this is your first time or you've watched, uh, you know, for years, uh, we would love for you to uh, find the links, right? Again, the links were there on YouTube, the links were there on Facebook, and In our links, click on our digital communication card. That's how we'd primarily like to hear from you. The reason for that is that it gives you the opportunity to indicate a lot of things. If your contact info has changed, you can let us know. If you're not receiving our weekly newsletter, our email that goes out on Thursdays, you can let us know. Uh, if there's something that you'd like to grow in or some commitment you'd like to make, you can let us know that as well. And of course, you can share prayer requests. And we really love hearing from you. We have a prayer team takes those super serious. We pray uh, for your prayer requests diligently, and we love to hear from you. And so if you have an answered prayer, let us know. If you have a prayer need, let us know, and we would, be, uh, we would count it a privilege to pray for you. Of course if you're watching for the first time or maybe for the first time thinking of connecting with us when you fill out a digital communication card we do something to honor that we realize that there's you know there's a little bit of nerves in reaching out for the first time and taking that step and so we want to encourage you with that what we want to do is we want to donate in your name five dollars in your name and each of your family members names to our partners at Monroe Middle School. They have a, a fund that helps families in crisis and what we would love to do is honor you and the fact that you're connecting with us uh, by helping their fund out. And so again, if there's a family of four watching you, let us know all your names, your contact info. We're going to donate 20 bucks in your family's name to that Families in Crisis Fund. That's going to help students and families right here in our neighborhood. We donate to that fund on, a, um, on an almost every week basis, and we love honoring you in that way. That being said, um, there's some other links there. Uh, The one that tends to get used the most is the giving link that's there. If you're a guest with us today, please know that your, your wallet is not what we're after. We care about you. We care about your heart. We care about your soul. Now, once you're a part of us, once you belong to harvest, those of us that consider harvest our home and uh, we're fed regularly here, we're connected with the body, those of us that do that, we consider it our great privilege and responsibility to give in the Lord in that way. And we want to say thank you to those of you who give. Uh, Every gift you give makes not only a physical difference here in this world, but a lasting eternal difference as well. Before we jump into the message today, uh, in our series Stronger, we're talking about how to be strengthened, or more specifically, how being strengthened in the Lord, how to be strengthened in the Lord, how that really works. So will you pray with me? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you today for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that uh, you are the God over this crazy world we're living in. And Lord, we, um, we just lay ourselves, our souls, everything about us, we lay them at your feet. Jesus, we ask today that you would show us how to be strong in you, what it means to have you in us and put strength in us that is your strength and help us to know how to do it your way. And so, Jesus, as we explore Scripture today, we want to not only worship you by singing to you, as we've already done, but we want to worship you by surrendering our souls to you. And so, Jesus, mold us and shape us, make us like you, and help us to know what it means to find strength in you today. Jesus, we pray this oh man, in your incredible, precious, mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we've been in this series for weeks now. We've been talking about how this is the year to bounce back. Galatians 6.9 is our memory verse for the year. I'd highly suggest you commit that to the Lord. We've talked about the battles of life that everyone I know is fighting a battle that I don't see. And that there's a spiritual battle going on in this world that we're rarely tuned into we've talked about where to find strength this specifically our world says to us be strong as though as we're just supposed to find strength inside of us and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps but jesus says and the word says to literally be strengthened which means to have strength put in you from jesus himself we've talked about the battles and the enemy in those battles that people are not the real enemy in this life but god's enemy the devil is the real enemy we all face that God's enemy is my enemy how we often uh, misunderstand him because sometimes as believers in Jesus sometimes we believe in him too little and we just sort of forget about the spiritual battle altogether and sometimes we get so highly tuned into the devil that we have too much fear of him and we believe in him too much we've seen this more importantly, what we've seen is that when it comes to the devil, Jesus is much, much greater. Jesus is greater in strength, he is greater in his personhood, and he is greater in terms of what he has actually done for us. And so we've talked about, in the end, how the enemy is already defeated and we just need to be faithful. Now, if I'm honest, I think most of us don't really think that this is how finding strength In life and for life's battles really works because we don't think that evil is the real enemy we think people are and we don't think that the way to find strength is to live in real truth or right character or relational peace or resilient faith or radiant salvation that we think the way to find strength is to you know fake it till you make it that it's to surround yourself with people who are just like you and muster up something, either from them or from yourself, that, that most of the time, you feel like you don't have. And so today, I want to talk about how being strengthened by the Lord, in the Lord, through the Lord, how that really works. And specifically, as we've talked about all in this series, it means to put on God's, God's armor, the Lord's armor. So we're in Ephesians 6. I'm going to read this again with us. You've heard this before, probably. If you're new today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. But Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Now remember, when Paul wrote this, he was in prison. He was in Rome. He was writing to the church in Ephesus, and he was chained to a Roman soldier around the clock. He says, put on the full armor of God. I'm sure he looked up at that soldier and thought about the soldier's armor. But I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm also sure that he was very familiar with uh, particularly the terminology in the book of Isaiah as it relates to this armor we're going to talk about. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. pray in the Spirit on all kinds of occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is what the word of the Lord says. This language, of course, is nothing new. Paul would have looked at that Roman soldier, as we just said, and he would have seen the shield and all that went into that and thought, hmm, that's interesting. But I'm also certain that Paul knew the Old Testament very well, and the Old Testament offers us very similar language. Listen to this. This is from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah eleven five. 5. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Now, that's, that's similar, but a little different. But listen to these, Isaiah 49.2, he made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. My mouth like a sharpened sword, the words of Isaiah. Isaiah 52.7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion that your God reigns. And Isaiah 59, 17, speaking of the Lord himself, perhaps most specific of these verses, it says, The Lord put on righteousness as his breastplate, sound familiar? And the helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. That is to say that the Lord in Isaiah was in a battle for the people of the Lord. And what is clear to me as I read all of this is that to find strength in the Lord, I need to put on the armor, right? I need to put on the helmet of salvation. I need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I need it all to be tied together with the belt of truth and all that he says here. But to be more specific and to help us apply this today, I want to go in a very specific direction and see if I can take you someplace. And here's where I want to take you today. The one thing this is about, the one thing I'm trying to convince you of today is this idea that to put on the armor, if I'm going to find strength in the Lord, I need to put on the armor, right? So to put on the armor is to become more like Jesus. In fact, I'll show you in just a second. To put on the armor is to put on Jesus himself. That to put on the armor is to be molded and made and to become more like Jesus, to find strength by... By daily applying Christ and his life and his way of living to my way of living. That daily strength is found in daily living out these pieces of the armor that are mentioned. That The armor of the Lord does us no good if we do not apply it to our lives and put it on every single day. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the sandals or the boots that are fitted with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and of course, prayer. So I'm going to give you four principles that are in this text for becoming more like Jesus. This is not everything we could ever say about becoming more like Jesus, but it's what this text is driving us to understand. To put on the armor is to become more like Jesus. What does that actually look like in my life, and what does that actually look like in your life? Let's go there. Four principles for becoming more like Jesus. Number one, I want you to recognize, principle number one, that the armor is not a pick-and-choose buffet. What do I mean? I mean, nobody's going to buffets right now. We're still under COVID, right? But what I mean is you don't just go, I want a little of this and a little of that and a dab of this and a dab of that. Verse 11, very clearly, he says, put on the full armor of God. When it says full armor, he could have used a different word for armor uh, than he did, but he used a very specific word. That word is panoplia. It means full armor. It was used as the list of armor and weapons that was comprehensive. For the soldier in that day, put on the full armor of God, verse 11, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand, to withstand the attack that is coming at you. Super interesting. The full armor armor that means that I don't get in my life as a Christian to say oh well today I feel like living in truth but righteousness not so much today or, or I don't get to say you know I am just I am not gifted with peace you know because because I find it so easy to be in conflict or you know what I I, I want all of the protection of God but I don't want the salvation of God See, those things don't work. This is not a pick-and-choose buffet. This this spiritual armor, if you want to be specific, these are not decorations of a warrior. These are not accessories. If you're in a war, this armor is necessary. And whether you know it or not, you're in a battle, a spiritual battle, between good and evil, between God and and God's enemy, the devil, every single day. And these aren't decorations we sort of wear to say, look at how good I am at being righteous. Or look at how good my faith is. Or neither is it to say, you know what, as a Christian, I'm just not very good at faith. Other people are better than that than me. So I'm just going to leave that one aside. It's not a buffet. You don't pick and choose. He says to put on the full Armor of God that I need all of it in fact you get that image in the belt of truth right because in the Roman soldiers armor it was that belt that pulled all of it together and so I need the full armor of God can you imagine the warrior out there with the helmet of salvation but no breastplate in place they're done I need the full armor of God it's not a pick-and-choose thing it's a lifestyle where I adapt and I adopt and I absorb more and more and more of the lifestyle of these elements of truth, of righteousness, of the gospel of of peace, of faith, of salvation, of, of the word itself. I want you to notice as well the second principle here that the armor is more, if you think about it, more defense than offense, more defense than offense. And in battle, we often think in warrior terms of of sort of battles where you're taking the fight too. And so, you know, we think of like planes and missiles, and you shoot those missiles and that kind of stuff. And you know, old days we'd think of like arrows or bullets or. But I want you to realize here that. The vast majority of this armor is defensive in nature. That it is meant to protect you because you are under attack. That this is intentional on God's part. And it is not your armor you're putting on. It is the Lord's armor. Which means it's the Lord's truth and the Lord's righteousness and the Lord's peace. It means it's faith in the Lord. It means it's the word of the Lord. It means it's salvation from the Lord. And it is God's armor because God is under attack from evil. And because God is under attack, this is how God fights the attack. So we have this tendency in our Christian life to think of the spiritual battle between good and evil as something that's happening out there. And so we turn on the news and we see what's happening out there. We look at politics or government stuff and we say, oh, well, well, look at the spiritual battle that's going on out there we look at other people and the conflicts we face at work or with our employer what's going on in our neighborhood and we see all these things out there and we tend to look at them and go yeah i see the battle of good and evil out there what i want you to do is not so much i don't want to convince you it's not out there because it is but I want you to take the focus off of out there and I want you to put the focus on in here. Because the battle is going on in here. We are under attack. There is temptation that I face every single day. Temptations of bitterness, temptations of pride, of of selfish anger, of of deceit and lies, of envy or greed, of of fear and doubt or 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 overindulgence of just my own human nature to want to be comfortable and self-oriented all the time temptations of pleasure and greed and lust we all face those battles and that battle is going on inside of you and to use the language of Ephesians where it talked about not giving the devil a foothold I want to ask you are there are there any footholds in your life a foothold of anger or a foothold of pride or deceit because because as i'm reading about the armor i'm reading about truth righteousness peace faith and salvation and guess what i don't get to control any of those for any of those people out there i only get a say And what happens in here? And that doesn't mean I can't use my influence to influence out there, but I don't control anyone out there. Have you noticed that you are really good at wanting to change other people and what happens out there? But we often struggle. We're pretty poor at changing ourselves in here. So are all those other people out there. And the reality is I need Jesus in my life to battle those footholds. Elsewhere in scripture, the scripture uses reference in Colossians and elsewhere to strongholds. Are there any strongholds in your life where you've been trapped for years? Again, think about some of these core sins. Things like, like, like selfish anger or, 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 or pride that just puffs us up or, or lies or greed, lust. That if any of these exist in your life and that there is a stronghold, then what we need is for Jesus to win the battle. That I need the belt of truth because Satan is a liar but the Christian who knows the truth won't be deceived by the lie I, I I need righteousness because Satan is an accuser who throws those accusations of not being what God intends at me but the believer who who walks in the character of Christ well those accusations just bounce off I need peace I need my feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace because because the enemy is a divider and a destroyer but when peace are on my feet and when peace carries me into battle that's powerful I mean think about it in the midst of a passage on warfare is a message of peace. And it turns out that this message of warfare that we get in Ephesians 6 really becomes for the Christian a mission of peace, to share God's peace, not only experience God's peace. I need faith. Because Satan is all about pushing me away from Christ. And so seeds of unbelief and seeds of doubt and seeds of blame that move me away. I need faith because faith in Jesus will be the shield that protects me. And I already have as a Christian believer. And if you've not been saved yet, I hope you will today. But I, when I was 15 or so years old, gave my soul to Jesus Christ. I laid it all out and said, Jesus, I'm not perfect, and I need you, and I want you. Take over my life. Cleanse me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again since you're alive. Take over my life. Be my God. Be my forgiver. Be my Savior. Be in charge of me. I did that. I prayed that when I was 15. I hope you will pray that today. I'm going to give you a chance in a few minutes. But you know what? I need his salvation to become complete in me for me to be more and more transformed to become more and more and more like Christ do you see what I'm saying it is the way of Jesus that wins the battle this is why I need the full armor of God it's not a buffet and I am in a a war between good and evil and I need all of this defensive stuff now offense I have the Word is the sword of the Spirit but more importantly I have the Lord's protection in my life which brings me to this third principle that is so so important to see and I really hope you hear this today that the armor he's offering us here the armor that is the armor of the Lord if you think about it my armor is Jesus himself My armor is Jesus himself, because if you read these traits again, they describe Christ. He is the truth. He is righteousness. He is peace. He is where I put my faith. He is the one who provides salvation. But if we get really specific here, and we read the four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are found in the Bible, in the New Testament, that if we read those stories, we're gonna find that these traits are how Jesus responded, that they were his way of life, they were how he lived, they were his character, that this describes who he is. It's his disposition and his mood, and these were his core values. But even more specifically, Scripture tells us that he is many of these things. Think about this Jesus is the truth. Well, Jesus said this himself. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. Righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1, 30, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness and holiness and redemption. Jesus is that. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You have an exchange that takes place where he becomes the sin and we become the righteousness he has. Peace. Jesus said, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. Ephesians 2.14 says, same Ephesians that we're studying here, back in chapter 2, verse 14, it said, For He, Jesus Himself, is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He's talking about the difference between Jew and Gentile, but there are many dividing walls of hostility in our world that we need Jesus to bridge and be the peace of. Wouldn't you agree? In terms of faith, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Salvation, Acts 4.12, Salvation is found in no one else. Talking about Jesus here. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Think about the word Right? We have the word of God, thankfully. We know what God wants because we have his written word. But John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was the word was with God, and the word was God. And John 1.14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Even with prayer, the very reason we can pray is because Jesus made it possible. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, speaking of the fact that when his body was broken and crucified, that he opened the way for us to have direct access to God, that we can pray directly to God without a priest in play. This is telling me that Jesus is the armor in my life, that positionally this is true. And as a Christian, as a person who has Jesus in my life, I must recognize it's not enough to just say, well, I've got Jesus, so that's enough. It doesn't matter what I do. It does matter. It matters how I live. I need the way of Jesus to become my way of life. Doesn't that make sense? That even though Jesus is these in my life, I still have to choose them every single day. Peace, I need to choose it. Righteousness, I need to choose that. Truth, I've got to embrace truth. No matter what. Practically, I need Jesus in my life. I need growth in these things in my life. And I need to become more like Jesus. That's why I say, to put on the armor of God is to become more like Jesus. To have your heart transformed. If you're following all I'm saying, and to put on the armor is to put on Christ, then to put on Christ is to put more of Christ Jesus in me. And that means in the end, number four, principle number four, that putting on the armor looks a lot like daily spiritual habits. If I were to say it another way, I would say putting on the armor looks a lot like my daily walk with Jesus. That that's where putting on the armor comes from. Sometimes when you read of the armor of God, there are those that want to say you've got to pray specific incantations in certain ways. I get none of that here. That what I get here is to put on the armor, is to put the life of Jesus in me and on me. That I need my life fully immersed in the life of Jesus. And that's why we celebrate baptism like we do, by immersion so interesting here that twice verse 11 and verse 13 he says put on the full armor of God that that put on is very specific it's 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 putting on if you think about it all that Jesus is to cover and protect all that is vulnerable in me and so if you feel vulnerable in this world it is Jesus Who is our protector, and therefore it is Jesus who is our strength. Wearing the armor of God is nothing magical. Fighting evil in this sense looks far more like my daily spiritual walk with Jesus than it does like exorcism or something of that nature. In fact, that put on that is said here reminds me of just a couple of chapters back Ephesians 4, verse 22 says you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body and in your anger do not sin Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And he goes on to talk about not stealing. He talks about not being bitter. He talks about letting only wholesome, building up type communication come out of our mouth. That we are to put on God's love and God's forgiveness and God's compassion and God's kindness. These are saying the same thing. That I need to grow in the elements of grace that are represented in this armor. And if you think about this armor, it's all representative of God's grace. The helmet of salvation is God's grace to me. The breastplate of Christ's righteousness in my life is God's gift to me. The shield of faith, the fact that I can have faith at all, is God's gift to me. And the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is such a gift of grace. And so what I need is to grow in each of these. And again, if we're honest here, growing in truth, how am I going to do that? By absorbing the word. In fact, I don't have to go very far in the word to think about truth because the book of Ephesians has already talked about it. Ephesians 1.13, Ephesians 4.15, Ephesians 4.21, Ephesians 4.24, 4.25, Ephesians 5.9, all reference truth. Righteousness, Ephesians 4.24, Ephesians 5.9. Peace, Ephesians 1.2, Ephesians 1.13. I don't have to run through this whole list. I think you get the idea. I'll go back and I'll post this list for us so we can see it. But, but all of these aspects of truth and righteousness and peace, peace and faith and salvation, the word, prayer, they've already been outlined for us in the book of Ephesians and more broadly in the Bible as a whole. And what that means is that I have the scripture to help mold and make and shape me like Jesus. And so I need to know Christ who is the truth. And I need the truth of God's word in my life. I need God's righteousness to help me live that life of holiness, to make right choices, to be an imitator of God. I need the gospel shoes with the gospel of peace to help me stand firm firm in the faith, but also to bring me into every spiritual battle I face with the the belief, with the with the truth of God's peace. I need the shield of faith, of, of faith in God's promises, to act in assurance that God will keep his promises. I need the helmet of God's salvation to protect me, to live in hope and to know that my identity is defined in Christ and that I am not who the world thinks I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am who God says I am that i need the sword of the spirit to be the strength of god in my life and i need to know god's word and soak in god's word and understand god's word and even share god's word and that i need my prayer life to be this place where i am always in prayer connecting with jesus so that my walk every day is a walk with jesus think about that what we're telling us in the end is that to put on the armor is to be a way of life, a way of life where I become more like Jesus. Can I pray this for you? I sure hope so. Now I told you a while ago, if you've never come to a place in your life where you've become a Christian, for me, I told you I, that happened when I was 15. I lived in Oklahoma at the time, it's where I grew up. I prayed a prayer much like the one I'm about to give you. And in that moment, all my sins were washed away, and Jesus took full possession of my life and my soul. And I hope that's a decision that you have made at some point. And I'd like to give you the chance to pray a prayer like that right now, a prayer to become a Christian. It prays just like this, Dear Jesus, thank you that you came That you died on the cross and that you rose again thank you Jesus that you died for my sins I know I'm wrong I know I fall short so please forgive me and put all of this in my life your truth your grace your love Your righteousness, your peace, your word. Put it all in me, Jesus. For I'm going to put my faith in you. Take over my life, Jesus. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be in charge of me and make me like you, Jesus. I pray in your name. It's that simple. It really is. If you prayed that prayer just now, we are celebrating with you. And not only are we celebrating with you, but all of heaven is. That's so exciting. Of course, if you prayed that prayer just now, we would love to hear from you because we want to support you and your walk of faith. We want to talk to you about what it means to live out the Christian life. We want to give you a Bible. We want to talk about baptism in the church, and what it means to have a family around you to support you on this journey. You can let me know on your digital communication card, right? We talked about those earlier. Or you can email me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, It's with a B, at harvestchurcheugene.com. I would love to hear from you. I was in with two prayers. That first is the prayer we just prayed, the prayer of salvation. If you've already prayed a prayer like that in your life, and it was maybe two years ago or maybe 20 years ago, But you need a fresh commitment in your life to apply all of what this means to your life today. That to receive the strength of Jesus, you want to say, yes, Jesus, be my strength. And yes, immerse yourself in my life and make me more like you, Jesus. Then maybe you want to pray this prayer with me. You can pray just like we did just now, basically. I'm going to put my hands out. You can too if you want. But pray like this. Dear Jesus, I thank you today. That you are both my protection and my strength in this world. And as I fight the battles of life, remind me daily that you, Jesus, are my armor. Help me to become more like you every single day, Jesus. Give me the wisdom to make the choices you would make. Transform me, mold me, shape me in your real truth, in your right character, in your peace, in your faith, in your salvation. Jesus, help my walk this very week to be hand-in-hand with you, Jesus. I commit to this. And I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. So the question then becomes, will we live it? Will we? You know, these are interesting times we're living in. What I know more than anything is that I need Jesus in my life to guard my mouth at times, to protect my mind at times, certainly to transform my heart. And the cool thing is, we've got Him. And He loves you. He loves me, and together, We're the family of God, right? So always remember this, friends. We love you. We care about you. Until next time, remember, you are loved.